Yeah. Well, I'll probably be closer to 7,500 bucks, I think. I'm probably going to be closer to 7,500 bucks. Yeah. But it's done. Trailer's done. Everything's done. The winch works. The batteries are all changed out. The new brakes, new wheels, new everything. It's done. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well, that's what he said. He says nothing. He goes, the, the wheels weren't, none of the, the tie rods were even. The steering was off. He's like, the car was pulling all over the place. He's like, no wonder why it broke. Yo, BJ Gador with the BJ Gador podcast. And on today's episode, we're talking the top 10 tips to beat lower back pain. You could also call this the best fucking podcast on lower back pain, period, because that's what it will be. Now, before we get into this episode, you just heard, okay, another fucking sauna recording. You know, you go in there, try to relax, unwind, sweat out your demons, meditate, relax, and the last thing I want to fucking hear is someone talking about their car getting fixed at the shop. I give you a little snippet of that recording, but that guy went on for 10 fucking minutes in there. Again, in the fucking sauna, on his phone, in the echo chamber, that is the sauna. Everyone, There's a couple other people in there with me, and we're just relaxing, trying to have a good old time. And this guy, I guess, thinks that we want to hear about his car trouble, or his mechanics advice, or his budgeting around fixing the car. I mean, honest to God, man, like you don't even do that in, you don't do that in the gym, the actual gym itself. The gym is designed to work out and train. You want to socialize a little bit, that's up to you. But you don't take fucking calls like that in the gym. But especially in the fucking sauna. What is with the sauna I go... I, 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 someone's fucking with me. I swear to God, like, the great one above is like, I'm going to fucking put this guy in the most precarious situations in the sauna. I share these recordings now. I'm just going to go in and I'm, I'm going to use it for profit and exploitation. It's, you know, it's anonymous, Okay. But just so you know, you go into the sauna and you, you do a bunch of bullshit in there, someone could be recording it. I'm going to keep breaking one of my own rules. Don't use your phone in the sauna. And by the way, what I do is I have a cooler with some uh, iced water bottles in there that I put my, my phone in because, you know, part of the reason you don't want to use your phone in the sauna is it destroys your fucking phone. You sweat on it. It's too hot. But that's fine. You want to destroy your phone. That's up to you. If you want to ruin the sanctity the sanctuary that is the sauna, that's fine. You're, you're obviously a terrible citizen. We have people all over the world, they don't put their fucking shopping carts away all day at the grocery store. Every, every fucking time I go to the grocery store, I've got to put people's shopping carts away. But that's fine. I'll do that because people seem, they just can't take the time because we don't live in a society, do we? You can't put on your fucking turn signal. That's fine. That's no problem. I'll just, I'll try to guess where you're going. Anyway, I uh, wanted to share that. I'll keep sharing. I'm going to keep sharing these recordings. But I, I, I mentioned this because on my episode on sauna etiquette, the top 10 rules of sauna etiquette, you got to check that one out. It's a fun listen. Uh, I think, again, people may have thought I was too sensational, but this is just what happens every time I go into the sauna. It's unacceptable. This is an ongoing PSA. All right? Tell your friends. 
Tell the people you care about in your life. Don't be this person. I will record you in the song and I will exploit you for profit. Anyway, welcome to the show. We'll take a quick break before we get into this. Uh, this episode is really going to be a game changer. I'm going to share 10 things that I've used to completely eliminate back pain in my life. And also, if you haven't had back pain, you don't want to get it. This will destroy everything about your day. When you have back pain, lower back pain in particular, you can't do anything. It robs you of all joy in life. So we'll take a quick break. We'll get right back into this. And let's have a great show today. This is going to be a good one today. This one, this is an episode that's a year in the making. Ultimately, I guess, you know, it's 40 years in the making. I'm f- He's 40! I've been dealing with stuff like this my whole life. Especially because, again, you know, I was an idiot when I was young. And I put fucking heavy weights on my fucking spine and hope for the best. But, um, man, this is a game-changing episode. I'm really excited to share this information. I hope you share it with people that you know in your life that have struggled with lower back pain. You know, and ultimately... Just to rehash a year ago, I was filming a workout for the DailyBJ.com. I was doing a alternating hand skier swing with a 25-pound dumbbell, an exercise that would never bother my lower back, all right? And I was tight that morning, didn't have a time to warm up before we started filming because my wife had to go somewhere quick and ship some packages for our fashion line, SleevesSoulSeparately.com, the best men's athleisure line in the game, the best fits, the best fabrics, be sure to check that out. And we had to fit it in. And I heard it on the first rep, and I had to do 10 more reps, and it was one of the earlier movements in the workout. And I had uh, 5 to 10 more minutes of filming to go. And basically, long story short, that night, I, I could not sleep. I was in the worst pain I've ever felt in my life. I was brought to tears, and I had to break one of my own rules, which was taking a, a a painkiller or anti-inflammatory. Because again, I, I used to abuse those uh, as a football player in college from all the knee issues I had and other pains. I was popping those fucking things like Tic Tacs. So uh, whatever damage it did to me when I was young, I'm like, I don't want everyone to take those again unless I absolutely have to. And I had to break my own rule and do it. And ultimately, <clears throat> it was about a one-year rehabilitation process. It took me a year to really get to the point where I started to trust my lower back again where I didn't have to kind of set my feet and inhale <laughs> air into my belly before I kind of squatted down to pick something up. I mean, like it really, it really, uh, it shook me. And at the time I was like, wow, like, I don't know if I can fucking do my job anymore. Is this going to affect me long term? So I, I really want to, you know, I just want to impress upon you the importance of understanding how critical your spine is to your overall health, right? You know, especially when you're, you're younger and you're newer to this stuff, people are always focused on the fucking skeletal muscles, you know, the biceps, the chest, that type of shit, the abs. But there are three, I've mentioned this before, there are three key components to overall physical health. And they are your heart, your diaphragm, your main breathing muscle, okay, it should be, and your spine. If those three things are not in check, I don't care how much fucking weight you can lift, I don't care how big your fucking biceps are, you you have no fucking fitness base, and there's no chance you'll have longevity in this life. Now, if you're new to this podcast, you probably have already tuned out, because you're like, this guy is fucking crazy! You're not fucking wrong, but I'm also a fucking legend in the fitness game. 
Sorry, it's a fact. I've been here a long time, 20 years in running. I was the former, well, I am the former fitness director of the Men's Health brand. I'm also the author of Your Body is Your Barbell, the definitive bodyweight training guide published in 2014, still as relevant then as it is today. Timeless work available on Amazon. Also, my brand new training manual, The Ultimate Push-Up Guide. Grow your chest at home, chisel your abs, build next level upper body strength. Kindle or paperback on Amazon, you got to get this. Again, it's one of those movements, you get really good at push-ups, especially the way I teach it. Also great for the health of your spine because it's a stabilizing movement. You got to have spinal stability to do push-ups well, beyond the fact that it's one of the most important exercise to do. Yes, it's, it's more of an upper body exercise. Yes, it tends to work more chest, triceps, abs, but it, it, when done properly, especially with progression, it's a full body movement and it's one of the great movements because you can do it anytime, anywhere. It travels like a championship defense. The, one of the most sustainable progressive exercises, the limited variations I share in the book, my top 66 variations. And uh, I show you in my five level progression system how to go from ground zero doing push-ups on the knees, to superhero. I'm talking plyo push-ups, handstand push-ups, single-arm push-ups, all right? So I also work with you know thousands of people online. I, I started working with people directly, and, and you know back pain is just one of those things. And I think you reach a point maybe around 35 where just the natural wear and tear of gravity, even if you're not like doing stupid shit like we'll talk about, heavy deadlifts way beyond your means, just slamming a loaded barbell on your fucking neck and going up and down like an animal. You know, even if you're not doing that shit, gravity is going to take effect. Gravity over time is going to compress the discs. And when the discs get compressed, they're very likely or more likely to move out of place, whether it be a bulge or a complete herniation, right? And there's other issues we'll talk about from a mobility standpoint. If it's not like a one-time injury, it's chronic back pain. That also is debilitating, you know? So tip number one, and again, number, the tip number 10 is the most impactful. You want to listen to this whole thing. But tip number one, as simple as it sounds, you got to minimize the direct spinal loading, okay? This is called axial loading. And what that basically means is, in the way that most people see it at the gym, it's taking a barbell and putting it on your neck and shoulders. And what it does, it provides incredible amounts of compressive and shearing forces on your spine. It, it, like, you can do it with perfect form, all right, in perfect placement, it's still going to provide those forces. So, you know, it's just the choice is yours. Do you want to... I mean, and the thing about a lot of this stuff too, I call it, I call movements like the deadlift and the squat, especially when pursued for heavy loading, <clears throat> even if you're a professional athlete. Again, power lifters, they have the desire, it seems. Again, I got caught in that early on. I've literally been spending the last two decades reversing the damaging effects of power lifting. And I, and I believe, you know, all, all the time in the future, we look ahead or we look back, right? And we're like, the crazy shit we used to do. Like, they'll do that with football. Like, we used to line up 300-pound men, and they'd slam their heads into each other. And for some reason, it, called, it causes brain damage. These types of things, right? We look back, crazy talk. And they'll do the same thing with regards to the way that people used to go into the gym and used to take 
extremely heavy weights and just put them on their fucking spine and just crush their spine and turn their all, pretty much all their joints to dust. But like the spine in particular, you know, that thing that connects to your brain, which is like your personality and determines whether you live or not. Anyway. Um, and by the way, I, I think they should do, you know, they do IQ tests. They, they, they test for like, is this person, you know, adequate for this job, everything, everything else like that. I think they should like, they should ask one of the questions like, do you do heavy deadlifting or squatting? Cause it probably will inform you if the, if the person is an intelligent individual or if they, um, you know, hate themselves. And again, I'm being a little bit sensational, but look, I used to do this and, um, decades later trying to rework things and rebuild because of the mistakes of my youth and the stupidity of my youth and getting pushed into that track. Um, big mistake. And it, it just, you want to wear yourself down. You want to have, you want to be in a situation where you can't play with your kids. You're going to go travel and you can't really hike. You can't do activities because you're just someone that's going to have chronic back pain because you chased what I call fool's gold. Yes. These exercises, they can give you a really quick return. There's no denying that. There's no denying how strong they can make you, how big they can make you. But again, it comes at the expense of not only your longevity, but other aspects of your fitness. In a lot of cases, you got to go through these mistakes yourself. That's fine. But if you're an intelligent person, you want to avoid the mistakes, listen to me, okay? Because I've been there. The simple act of just taking away, putting a heavy weight on your neck, shoulders, upper back, it's going to help a lot, okay? So I have to start there. And that blends itself into number two. You got to prioritize split stance and single leg drills. When you go with a bilateral stance, both feet together kind of in a parallel stance position, especially when you're going to be put under heavy loads, it's much more challenging to stabilize your spine. But when you go into a split stance, because your lumbar spine attaches to your pelvis, you can actually much easier get into more neutral position for the pelvis, which means it's easier to get your spine in a neutral position. When you go parallel stance, it's much more challenging. You got to have insane amounts of mobility and stability. And even then, you know, it, it's, there's going to be a tendency, especially at load or at limit, to round your spine a bit. It really taxes you. You know, people will say, well, I, I'm much stronger when I do my traditional double leg parallel stance bilateral movements, correct. But you're also, as a result, putting more load through your system and it's going to increase the recovery demand. It's going to increase the injury risk. So examples are, right, the split stance. What does that mean? Like a split squat, a lunge, a step up. And then you can also work your way to true single leg drills, like single leg, you know, variety of single leg squats, you know, single leg squat to a box, off a box, uh, train to move into the full pistol squat, etc. But you're going to look at not only strengthening imbalances between sides, one of the biggest causes of lower back pain is any sort of tilting, turning in the pelvis or, or rotation. If the pelvis is not level, right? The pelvis is, is the foundation. That's the base for everything above it. Which, what, what do you got? Lower back, Shoulder, spine, shoulders, like it's the base. If it's off, it's going to affect all those mechanics. All right. So it's not just the feet. That's why we do so many drills seated or even kneeling because these drills actually help you and the dailybj.com. Both my express program for busy parents and professionals, 
20 minute fast, fun, and effective workouts anytime, anywhere, minimal equipment. And my Grillo Corn gains my advanced muscle building track, uh, still with longevity focus. You know, we, we do a lot of these drills for this reason. It helps make sure that we level out the pelvis because if the pelvis is out of position, so will be your lower back. And then it will wreak havoc on the whole system. But you get more effective muscle activation or just workouts in general, in my opinion, with, with more split stance, single leg training. You also don't need as heavy of weight, which means you're not going to wear yourself down as much. It'll be easier to recover from. And again, a bilateral stance versus a split stance, you're actually engaging more overall muscles from a split stance because of the extra instability. You've got to engage muscles of the inner, outer, and hip thighs in a way that if you just did double leg squats or deadlifts, you've got to do a bunch of additional stuff on top of that. You know, abductions, adductions, like, you know, which is fine, but like at the end of the day, why not pick a movement that will save your spine and knees or spare them at the very least, allow you to get more muscle activation, allow lighter loads to go a longer way, make it easier to recover from, etc. And then if you're going to choose to do a movement like a deadlift, you know, at the very least, uh, you know, straight bar deadlifts, all right? Wow, I mean, <laughs> the number of people I've seen in the history of my life that have done it like with perfect form and technique, honestly, it's hard to even, it's hard to even like remember a case, especially when we're talking about at load. Now, what one thing you can do is you can consider doing more like rack pulls where you are in a power rack or a Smith machine and you pick it up from a, a higher range of motion so that you're not, you know, a lot of the risk does kind of happen towards the bottom because again, you need such insane hip and ankle mobility to pull it off properly from the floor with that weight out in front of your body. And God, does it fucking destroy your lower back? It really does. So, you know, a rack pull where you set the weight, maybe around knee level, maybe below knee for those that have that positioning down or maybe above the knee or just at the knee. It's up to you. You can play around with that. You know, that's, that's a workaround. If you absolutely have to deadlift, but a trap bar is also great. A trap bar is where you step inside this unit. It allows you for a neutral grip, palms facing grip, and instead of the weight being out in front of the body, which really provides a lot more compression of the spine, it's more through the midline of your body. You can stay more upright. It's much easier to keep your shoulders higher than your hips. It does make it a bit more quad dominant, but the combination of the fact you can have a neutral grip, which is much easier to stabilize your shoulders, because if your shoulders roll forward, that's what then creates the cascading effect of then rounding the entire spine. So if you have to do it, definitely go trap bar. But even then, I'm just telling you, like split stance, single leg drills, and just focusing on more hip hinging uh, with dumbbells or kettlebells or just body weight. And that, that hip hinge meaning, you know, you have slight bends in the knees and now you're just isolating the flexion extension of the hip. So that's a big one. Number two, prioritizing that. Like, again, like the first two, like if you're currently in back pain, get rid of all movements that put weight on, literally put weight on your fucking spine are just like stacking it down. And then start prioritizing movements like lunges, step-ups, variety of split squats, single leg balance drills, or single leg squat progressions. I have a full bevy of uh, single leg squat pistol progressions in my book, Your Body is Your Barbell, on Amazon if you want to check that out. And if you have to go deadlifting, consider rack pulls starting around knee level, again, above or below based on where you're at or how that feels, or, or maybe go with the trap bar. And then even then, stop pursuing maximum loads. 
you know, you're, you're better suited in that situation. Um, if, there, if it's a weight you can lift five times, like going to max effort, <clears throat> do singles, but focus on power, exploding up and then controlling the weight down, you know, have them have more control and focus of what you're doing. Don't push the load. You push the load and how much you can lift from a force standpoint. There's that, that final rep or two. That's when your mind will push you to go and your body will compensate to make it happen. But you get out of position and then terrible things happen. My wife is a decade into a, uh, a lower back in hip injury that she had from uh, straight bar deadlifting. She went on vacation, came back, tried to get right back into that routine, and uh, it, she's still been reworking from that. In fact, she's gotten it really threw her her physical journey off track. Like the, this is what I'm talking about. Like, yeah, a muscle strain that sucks. It might be two to six weeks where you have to kind of modify and keep working. But when you hurt <laughs> when you hurt your lower back, it, it can affect you for years, and then you get depressed, you gain weight, you get out of shape, and then you may never want to get back into it, period. And if you do get back into it, it's so frustrating because of the fact that it just, it lingers, it stays with you, unless you're a genius with how to approach your body, and most of us aren't. Number three, heat. I know you know the importance of heat, but the number of times I'll talk to someone who is dealing with lower back pain, and they'll tell me, oh yeah, I'm not really heating it before a workout, or I'm not heating it right away to start my day, or I'm not heating it after periods of time where I've been sitting at the desk or driving, I wonder if they even care because it's one of the few things you can do passively to ease tension in the muscles, send blood to the joint, ease the pain, if not get out of pain. But especially if we're talking about going into a workout, you got to do it. And if it means the extra time you need to take to heat takes away from your main workout, you do it. Because especially in the morning when you wake up, that's when your lower back is at its greatest risk of injury. Uh, you know, like, here's a protocol to destroy your spine. Wake up right away in the morning after being tight, fasted, and dehydrated and try to pick up some really heavy weight off the ground or just slam a big heavy barbell on your back. That, that is like, that's the plan. That's the plan to destroy your back fast. So especially if you train in the morning, whether it's, you know, heating pads, and I'm a big fan of the vibrating heating pads from Hyperice Venom. You can put it right on, and, you, and by the way, you can spin it so, like, you can even warm up your diaphragm or your belly. I'll even use it, by the way, <clears throat> on cheat nights, because, uh, you, you know, when you put heat and vibration on your belly, it helps with digestion. And as you get older, it's harder to digest, and especially when I'm eating uh, five to 10,000 calories some of these days. But especially, you know, like, you, you can put it on right away out of bed, uh, as you maybe go get your coffee, water, and then you can kind of go into your workout with some warmth there and ease some tension. But when I hurt my back last year, it was so bad. Like, like I'd wake up, man, and I could not, I could not even reach to touch the ground. I had to go into the hot tub for about 30 to 60 minutes. And I would just do a, we have a, a ground-based inflatable hot tub. So I would just do a mix of like seated stretches, straddle position, cross leg, shin box, which we'll talk about, kind of deep squat. So I get the, the combination of, the compression from the water, the heat from the water, uh, it takes, you know, the, uh, unload some of my body weight, you know, that, that's a nice, a great way to start, you know, your day or, or pre-workout, but 
it might be a hot shower for you. I don't know what type of setup you have, but you got to be active with the heat. Pre-workout, a couple other times throughout the day, especially when you've been immobile for a while. It's also nice before bed. I'll do a sleep podcast coming up soon now, but you know, going and uh, you know, warming up certain areas of your body where there's tension, that's going to allow you to kind of unwind and get into a deeper sleep. So you know, heat is your great friend. Number four, my patented step-up mobility flow. Now, this is especially useful for bigger, larger individuals, longer legs, taller people. And what you want to do is, this works great on a traditional uh, high box or table. Uh, I, I love it with like those adjustable plyo boxes you'll see at the gym. I also have a version of that at home where it's like, based on which side you put it on, it's either 20, 24, or 30 inches tall. And you just get your, your big ass leg up on the box. And again, like you, it's that Captain Morgan mentality. Anytime... You're, you're feeling some tension or tightness. You've been uh, sitting or standing for a long time. Uh, get one leg up on a box. Just that simple act is going to unload the spine, help uh, you know adjust and stretch all the muscles attaching to the pelvis, lower back. But I have a particular flow that really stretches the hip flexors, the glutes, and the hamstrings. We we have these in our protocols at thedailybj.com. You know, first one is just you know face ahead, straight in the box. Get one leg up. Try to keep both toes as forward as possible, really thinking about gait, you know, how you'd want to move forward, right? Because this really helps with walking, running, et cetera. It's also one of those things too. You know, if you are prone to back pain, uh, you know, walking can actually really tighten up your lower back, especially if your pelvis is not in alignment and you're not, you know, doing a little bit of stretch before and after your walk. So... And with that too, I actually like to use our little slant boards that we have from you know, the squat wedges that we use. And I'll put, I'll do a heel elevated on the top of the box for the top foot. And then I'll, on the, the floor, I'll go toes elevated. So the heel elevated on the top of the box, that allows me to get extra movement through my hip and knee. And toes elevated on the floor actually pre-stretches the ankle, Achilles, and calf. So it just gives me those extra range of motion margins. Like I'll never need this much range of motion when I'm walking or running, or maybe I will at like peak sprinting angles, but at least I'm getting them now through this stretch. And again, I have videos of this. It's more difficult to talk about it, but uh, this is really, if the wedges or the slant boards throw you off, again, these are portable things you can move around. Game changers. But just even putting the foot up on the box, right, is going to be such a big opener. And again, it's stretching the lead leg hip and the trail leg hip flexor at at, at minimum. And then we kind of turn that leg out. So the knee is out. You're seeing the inside of the calf or shin and what would be called the elevated pigeon stretch. The pigeon stretch in yoga, uh, difficult for bigger people, really tight individuals to do on the ground. You don't have the leverage you need and you can't unload your body as much as you can when you put your leg up on the box. And that's going to stretch your hip rotators, or in particular the piriformis muscle, which when it gets tight and knotted down, can actually pinch your nerves and create that sciatica pain. You know, the pinch nerve or running, shooting pain down the leg sensations that a lot of people have. And, and you'll know this is tight if your toes are out when you stand or when you squat excessively out. You should be able to walk with your toes directly forward. And a lot of people, they walk like... Um, would it be ducks? I don't know. Or sumos. And then we do some straight-legged 
minimizing rounding of the spine hamstring stretches because if you can't move, if your hamstrings are tight, you'll reach down and pick things up and you'll block at the hip and you'll have to round the spine to compensate. So this is a flow that you can do for you know two to five minutes per side, five to 10 minutes total. Great way to warm up for a workout, great off day mobility routine. Also great thing to do straight out of bed. Like that's part of it too. When you have a history of lower back pain, again, you're, you're so, you know, you can't sleep perfectly. A lot of times we sleep and we get out of position. So it's important to have something that, that takes maybe five or 10 minutes you can do right away out of bed. And again, you can put on this vibrating heating pad around your back while you're doing these stretches. Or if you have in the shower, as long as it's safe, because again, it can get slippery in there. You got to trust yourself and, and be smart. But if you have a ledge you can put your leg up on, you can do this in the heat of the shower as well. Or you can do it in a hot tub in a lot of cases as well. So again, if you, anytime you can mobilize with heat while having heat being pushed through your body, especially the key areas you're trying to mobilize, that, that's going to help. That's going to allow you to spend more time and get more benefits more quickly. All right. Number five. It's a combination of like, I guess, daily hangs, planks, and bridges. This is the start of any solid core stabilization routine, which is designed to help stabilize the spine. A more stable spine means you're less likely to find yourself out of position, whether it be chronic or acute, like, you know, constant back pain or one-time injuries that set you back for life. So, you know, these are the daily investments and the long-term health of your spine. And I love EHO-style stuff where every hour in the hour I'm doing at least a minute of something. You know, I have that. I talk about this all the time, but I'm a broken record about it because it is so impactful. I have a pull-up bar on my office door, and anytime I go by it, I tend to get on it. And the hang is maybe the most important exercise for longevity. It improves your shoulder mobility. It tractions your spine and your hips. decompresses those areas. It really helps improve your breathing. You got to do it. it. It's so critical for back pain. It also is the gateway to pull-ups, which is the ultimate back-building exercise. But unlike the deadlift, it doesn't destroy your spine. It actually helps offset the compressive forces of standing, squatting, sitting. It's so impactful. This, we're talking about something that you can get for 37 to 50 bucks on Amazon. By the way, I just did recently... Uh, build your own minimalist home gym. I've got links for all my home gym equipment there. Check it out. Awesome episode as, as a reference point for you there. But the combination of, you know, hangs, right? So what, what's that going to do? Again, we just talked about it. But when you pair that with planks and bridges, right? A bridge is where you, in, in its basic form, you lay on your back, bend your knees at 90 degrees, lift your hips, squeeze your glutes, and keep your abs engaged. And it's going to stretch your hip flexors and activate your glutes. Very important things for spinal health, especially the lower back. All right? And then you can roll into a front plank. Then you go left side. Front plank is going to work your anterior core. Side plank each way is going to strengthen your lateral core, also help you with, you know, anti-rotation. And then you can finish with a hang. So this is like, I'm just giving you right now, like the ultimate five-minute roll-out-of-bed routine for spinal health. Do a minute each movement, or let's say three to five deep, Breaths, belly breaths, deep inhale through the nose into the belly, full exhale either through the mouth or the nose is up to you. But you can start with the bridge, minute one, minute two, front plank, minute three, left side plank, 
Minute four, right side plank. Minute five, hang. If you start your day that way, especially if you did a little bit of heat beforehand, and like, by the way, like if you need motivation, do this before you have, like I actually do this or variations of stuff like this, my little 10 minute like, and, and I mix it up because I, I, I mean, this is what I do. I'll mix up what I'm doing, but I try to do at least something for five or 10 minutes uh, out of bed that has a mobility focus that also warms me up and gives me a little energy, but I won't, um, this is kind of my routine. I'll, I'll take my athletic greens or AG1 as it's called now, which is not just the best greens powder on the market. It's the ultimate nutritional supplement. The ultimate nutritional supplement. And by the way, you can get five free travel packs and a one-year supply of vitamin D through my link in the show notes or just go to athleticgreens.com slash Gadur. This is the only thing I take supplement-wise daily because it's not only giving me 8 to 12 servings of fruits and vegetables. Fuck, is produce expensive now, man? I, I, we're at the point now where like to fit in the budget... We don't want to keep increasing our food budget for inflation, okay? Um, but to get, like, quality produce, especially if you want to get it organic and not break the bank, we have to get frozen. You know, organic frozen berry cherries. Um, so, you know, I, I, it's just difficult to eat as much produce as we used to. It's so fucking expensive, even going to Aldi. But this gives me that. And it's got 75 whole food ingredients. It's got probiotics for digestive gut health. It's a complete multivitamin. It, it, it really is the, and I get why they're, they're rebranding because it isn't just a greens powder or a greens drink. It's really like, it's, it's, it's a complete nutritional supplement. And again, check out our link there, athleticgreens.com slash bjgador or show notes. But I'll hit that. And then before I can treat myself to my morning coffee, I'll make sure I do at least 10 minutes of this stuff. So it actually kind of creates, uh, it's, it's kind of a habit stacking slash uh, there's a reward at the end of it. Like initially you may not want to do this, you will eventually because it just feels good. You just feel good. It gives you energy. But in, in early on when you're trying to establish the habit, it's an extra thing to do or it's something that you don't want to do, but you reward yourself with your morning coffee after this five to 10 minute investment. All right. And by the way, you could actually start by doing like, you know, the step, step up mobility flow for five minutes and then just do this five minute uh, core circuit, right? Bridge, front plank, left plank, right plank, hang. Wow. Beautiful, beautiful way to start the day, especially for spinal health. Number six, the shin box. Now, what this is, you sit on the ground, and one leg is forward, the other leg is back. They f- both legs are at 90-degree angles. It's a 90-90 shape. The, f- the lead leg is, is wound up into external rotation, and the trail leg is wound up into internal rotation. So it's basically a combination of the the pigeon stretch and yoga for the front leg. And it's kind of like um, that that lying quad stretch we all used to do in the gym class where, you, you know, you pull your back leg back and lean and stretch your quad, but you're, you're trying to be as upright as possible as you do it. And by the way, one of the ways to start getting into this position is you might have to actually lean back into the side just to kind of uh, go through. I'm going I'm to, in, in a future training manual or book I'm going to make, also probably for a video at some point, I'm going to go through like the ultimate shin box progression because this is a challenging movement to get into. In fact, uh, I've made my most progress with it uh, in, in, the, in the hot tub or, or hot bath because again, you're, there's warmth. It unloads you a bit. It's easier to kind of get in that position because really stiff hips 
it, this isn't just like, by the way, to help with lower back pain, right? Because again, we, we've talked about like the lumbar spine attaches to the pelvis. When the muscles around the pelvis are tight, you're going to have lower back pain. And you're also going to put yourself in a position where a big one-time injury might just happen. Bending down, sitting. We just had Jeremy Scott on the podcast. He went through something, he's going through something now similar to th- that I did a year ago, around the same age, by the way, 39. And he was sitting. This guy is a physical specimen. He takes his fitness very seriously, his diet very seriously. He does the recovery, he does daily mobility. But he's also put his body through a lot as a competitive athlete, heavy deadlifting, heavy squatting, and <laughs> the spinal tax man comes collecting. He was sitting. Luckily, because the injury happened when he was sitting, it wasn't as devastating to me as using a 25-pound dumbbell. But can you imagine for both of us, if we were holding heavy weights, this could have been the end of our careers. Can't make money anymore because I'm such a fucking idiot. And I let my ego get in the way of what matters most, which is quality of life, moving pain-free. So I don't want that to happen to you. But the shin box is the ultimate hip mobilizer. It's also an amazing way to build your butt. By winding your hips into full rotation, you are creating the extreme joint angles for the hip. A ball and socket joint, right? That's the thing about the hip. This isn't just going to help your lower back pain. It's going to make it, it's going to put you on a track so you don't have to replace those hips. A good test, by the way, like when I was starting to do the rehabilitation process, and again, we worked a whole life to have access to a pool. Um, you go into the pool and you start moving your, your leg around and, uh, you know, all planes of motion, up, down, side to side, doing it in a circular fashion or even like trying a frog kick or a frog pump in the pool. And I was like, holy shit, I hear so many cracks. Like my hips are so tight because again, like traditional strength training, it's so linear. It doesn't feed the hip or shoulder joints, what they need, which is rotation. And they basically get, they get all like glued down and stiff and arthritic, you know, and and inflamed. And it's just the number of people now that are like in their forties getting hip replacements. It's scary stuff. And especially with the shin box, you know, there's the seated protocol when you sit in this position, but you can also do shin box squats come up and down. And now you're actually not only doing uh, internal, external rotation, the full rotational component, but you're now you're flexing, extending the hip. And you're creating some activation of the pelvic floor. You're up leveling the pelvis. You want to do this on a really padded surface so it's comfortable. And oftentimes, too, we start using a baseball bat or a stick or a PVC pipe that we can put into the ground to self-assist. Again, I've got, this is baked into our express program at thedailybj.com. You get a free seven-day trial. It's a part of past transformation programs, also available at thedailybj.com, like Origins, the three-month breathing and mobility and stability plan that has transformed new and aging bodies. So you got to invest in this movement. Okay, so just Google BJ Gador Shinbox. A lot of things I'm talking about, if you just Google my name, BJ Gador, BJ, space, G-A-D-D-O-U-R, You'll find my work on this and the movement we're talking about. Obviously, I have my YouTube channel too, youtube.com slash bjgador. That's the best place to find old stuff. It's just very search friendly. But, you know, it's progressive and 
it's just a position too that I, I, you can get into while you're watching TV. Everyone knows my Netflix and stretch work, right? Those types of drills where you can do it while you're doing something else. That's what's going to allow you to make it more of a habit. It's not going to have to carve out extra time in your day, but this is just something you have to commit to. And by the way, if it's really bad, there's some of you that this will be in three weeks, you can get into a perfect shin box. Most people, I feel like it takes about three months for someone like me who destroyed his body through the stuff we've already talked about and, and just, you know, also too, the, the bigger and stronger you get, the tighter you get. <laughs> That's part of it too, man. Like, anyway, I don't, I, I, I want to stay on track here. It, it really took me about three years. I'm finally now getting to the point where, because on my right side in particular, it, it, it's, I was missing both internal, external rotation, also flexion. So it means that every time I would walk or squat because my, it, it takes my pelvis and puts it out of alignment, I was putting myself in a bad position. But now I'm finally getting to the point where it's almost the same as the other side. Like it, it's, it's a big investment. And I, some of you will be like, I don't have three years. Well, yeah, you do. And again, it might not take you that. It might be three weeks to three months. And I think the average person who hasn't put themselves through so much damage might find that relief. And again, there's other drills we've already talked about. The seven mobility, mobility flow is going to allow you to get going on the mobility aspect. Uh, the shin box to me is just like, if you can do this without pain, and especially when you add you know, some, some weight to it, like it just, it, it's, it's a bulletproof scenario. So uh, it, it's worth the investment. Uh, it's one of those movements a lot of people start, to start when they start doing it, they hate uh, they love to hate it, but then at the same time, it's like they get to the other side of it, just like anything challenging, right? Bigger the challenge, the bigger the reward. So you've got to just, um, you've got to commit to it and uh, you got to make it progressive. Number seven, you got to stretch and strengthen the hip flexors. And in particular, your psoas. Your psoas is your highest hip flexor. It attaches into the lumbar spine and it's the muscle that pulls the knee above hip level. And that is, when that's not active and you can't drive the motion with the psoas, you end up having to round out your lower back or lumbar spine. And that, that can cause a lot of pain. And, and that rounding of that lumbar spine, that's what can lead to the bulging herniated discs, whether it's squatting or just lifting the leg or running, those types of things. And in particular, just like we talked about with that high step stretch, you know, you want to you wanna work them in tandem where... One leg is driving into hip flexion, which is bringing that knee above hip level, and the other leg is driving back into hip extension. Because your glutes and hip flexors, they work together. They're opposing muscles. And the way that we walk, run, they need to be active together. They, like, so you step forward, and you keep going back and forth in your gait. The trail leg, you're stretching. The trail leg hip flexor, you're also activating the glute into extension, and the lead leg you are stretching the glute, but also activating the hip flexor. So there's this reciprocal action that's so important. So I'm a huge fan of marches, and the marching progression is best started on the ground in a bridge. So we talked about that bridge earlier, right? You get into your bridge, knees bent, you're uh, pressing through your upper back and your feet, legs bent at 90 degrees. And then what you do is you tuck one knee to the chest, hold for a count or two, and you're trying to drive that knee as tight to the chest as possible while keeping that bottom or support leg extension. So you're working hip flexors and glutes simultaneously. And then you come down and you switch sides. Just a little march. 
five to 10 total reps or one to two minutes. And by the way, that's a variation you can add to that previous kind of roll out of bed routine I talked about earlier. And then you can kind of progress to doing it from a kneel or a split kneel. And what's great about that is uh, your knee becomes your foot. It actually really helps drive the head of your femur or thigh bone into the hip capsule. That's a big part of this flexion wall or or block people run into when they try to uh, flex the hip, whether it's squatting or lifting the leg, and they reach a point where they just can't go if that head of the thigh bone or femur is not placed all the way centered deep into the hip capsule. If it's pushed out in front, you literally run bone on bone. So that that not not only is going to stop your range of motion and have you to move at the lower back instead of your hip, but that's also going to start to wear down those surfaces of the, the hip joint and, and end up with arthritic conditions, pushing the fast track towards a hip replacement, which you want to avoid at all costs. And then eventually you can do it standing. We do a ton of uh, marches in our express program, our gorilla corn gains program. It's just so critical. Uh, you know, just by the way, uh, you're sitting down right now, listening to this. If you're at your desk or whatever, just stand up right now and just march in place, but go slow. Feel the weight shift to your support leg as you lift your knee as high as you can above hip level, trying to keep it as forward as possible. And you might need to start by putting your hands up against a wall, either both or one arm, or even taking a stick to self-assist and get stability because you might be so tight and unstable that the knee is going to want to come off to the side and the toes are pointing down and out. You're not really directed forward. And that's why, again, doing some some of those step-up stretches um, can actually help open things up before you march in place. So that's a great kind of one-two combination. Uh, put your leg up on a high box step, keep everything forward, stretch the quads and hip flexors, and then march in place to now gain the neuromuscular control and mobility, right? Because the, str- the stretching first allows you to get the motion, and then doing the motion actually helps engage the muscles and lock in the position. It's kind of a one-two thing. Marches in place... And then eventually we, we progress to like carrying weights overhead while, while, while doing the, the, the actual march. And again, this just, this aligns your gait. And it makes so when you're walking, running, things are aligned, you're less likely to pull things out of position and get tight. And then, you know, it progresses further to like knee or leg raises. Uh, I'm a big fan of dip support slash uh, hanging leg raises, which are, those are advanced movements. Again, you know, that we do in gorilla corn gains. So, um, you know, we build up to that, but you have to have this concept of stretching and simultaneously stretching and strengthening the hip flexors. There's also this new thing that I'm going to start using that I got from this company called Nordstick. It's uh, basically like this, this wrap you can put around a dumbbell that can secure to your feet to add some load through your hip flexors. But, you know, that's an extra investment. And you can also take a mini band or resistance band and, and, and use that for some resistance too. um, secured on the foot of the support leg and then the knee of the opposite leg. And just try to lift that knee as high as you can. Uh, that gives you peak tension and peak contraction as well. Again, a little less stressful on the joints too, because it's not dead weight, but you know, those are, those are progressions you can work in. And again, these are drills that we just incorporate into our normal training. Number eight, Wide stance or sumo squat mobility work. Now, a closer stance squat, very important to train um, for sure, it, but it will tend to be more uh, 
of an ankle and knee mobility exercise, which is important. Very important, especially if you have a history of knee pain. And we, t- we will talk about that too. I'll do one on, on knee pain as well. I've done a, a past episode on knee pain. But again, you know, part of this is you come back to this stuff because you learn more and you tweak things and you adjust things, you fine tune things. But a big contributor to lower back pain that is often overlooked is the groin or the adductors, the inner hip thigh muscles. And they tend to only get stressed with lateral squat or wide stance squat positions. So, you know, you can test this right now, like go super wide stance. And again, the wider your stance, the more you're going to have to toe out. And I just did a podcast recently on uh, sumo wrestling and, and the various like mobility drills they do for the hips as part of the Netflix series Sanctuary. So you listen to that if you want to go deeper into that. But, you know, you will have to widen the toes out a little bit, but you don't want to go too wide with the toes. And just try to get down there and, and stretch in, in kind of a deep squat. You go as low as you can without rounding the spine. And one thing you do is you can actually elevate the heels with the slant boards I previously talked about. And that can allow you to get more motion through the hip in the knee because it's putting the ankles in a more dorsiflex position. And then you can come to the ground after using the heel elevated option and just get more range of motion overall. But a lot of times I'll actually... I'll take one of those Dynamax balls we use. It's a big padded ball. And I can put that right in the ground in front of me and push my hands on into it to help me just kind of push and pry my, my chest out and keep my shoulders higher in the hips while in this deep squat position. So it's kind of a self-assist. You can hold on to a power rack or a TRX or gymnastics rings too to kind of get that counterbalance. But a big med ball helps too to kind of get in this position. But Stretching those adductors, and again, you can also get on the floor, sit down, and then get your legs out to the sides as wide as you can. That's a great adductor stretch as well. But if the groin is tight, even if you've been working on some of the previous drills, you know you you can get you can get some back pain. So it's it's kind of it's a very important thing to have that wide stance squat mobility or sumo squat mobility. You've got to bake into the plan. Okay. Number nine. The get-up, and the get-up, or the Turkish get-up, or, you know, it's really just the ground to stand. The most important exercise for longevity, arguably the mo- the biggest predictor of whether or not you'll be mobile and agile in your golden years. They've done studies on this, too, in terms of uh, being able to get on and off the ground, is one of the biggest predictors of Life expectancy, you know, you, you, you have a big shot at living longer if you can get up and down off the ground because it means you're less likely to get stuck or fall. And the issue with this exercise is it doesn't feed the instant gratification of most gym goers or fitness enthusiasts. They want to learn something right away and make instant results. This, it, it takes a good coach and a good progression to do this exercise correctly. And again, you have that in me. No one teaches the get up better than I do. I teach it to you in six stages. I break it down into its segments of going from your back to your forearm, to your hand, to the bridge, to the leg sweep that gets you into the lunge shape or split kneel, and then to the stand and everything in between. And through that process, especially when you're holding initially a lightweight, could be a soup can, a water bottle, eventually it can be a heavyweight. I, I've, I've done this and I do this with a 100-pound dumbbell. I mean, it completely bulletproofs your spine from all angles. 
because you're planking, you're bridging, you're hinging, you're lunging, and you're standing. You're, you're going through all of the phases of ground to stand. And you are applying mobility and stability, and you have to learn how to breathe through it. It's also so good for the shoulders, the knees, but in particular, you're bulletproofing your spine through all angles. It's, a, it's an investment in your full body strength, mobility, and stability. And I, I, over the years, as I've, sh- I've tried to share it and keep you know pushing it on people, uh, you'll hear, you hear these idiots say, this is the worst exercise ever. I hurt, I hurt myself doing it. Um, or, you know, it's so hard to teach. It's a waste of time. Sorry, they're not smart. There's not intelligent people because they're likely going, again, you have to respect the process. You got to start with your body weight or a soup can before you externally load. Okay. And you got to learn how to teach it and break it down and you can't do it fast. It's got to be done very slow and methodical. But again, if we're talking about a single movement, that can bulletproof you. And by the way, you're also inter- inter- interacting with the ground forces. And, you know, that, that is a big part of what helps add resilience to the joints. All the soft tissues are interacting with the ground. So it's actually, it's fortifying. And in case you do have to get on the ground and you fall, you know, it really helps give you some more resilience. Again, you're on your back, you come to a stand and back. You go through all those unique steps, all the angles, bulletproof. I can teach you how to do it. We have in the current express program, th- there is a, one of the, the single dumbbell workouts. It, it teaches you how to do the get up and stage at the beginning. We progress it the whole year. And the number of people we have now doing get ups with 50 plus pound dumbbells in one hand, you're laying on your back. And you can move methodically without pain with perfect form to a standing position with the weight overhead and back. No bigger indication. I would have someone do that over any other physical fitness test out there. Because I know they have a real chance at, at quality of life as they age. And avoiding unnecessary injury. It's that important. Just Google BJ Gador get ups. And I'll show you how to do it, perfect form and technique. And by the way, this could be how you start your day too. You could mix it up. You don't always have to do the, the roll out of bed routine. But again, this is, this is going to strengthen, stabilize, and mobilize. Head to toe, but in particular, the spine. Number 10, I said the most impactful because it is. Part of what's causing back pain is just the compressive forces of gravity over time. And like I said, around 30, it was around 35 for me when I just started waking up with a tight back. It just started happening. And again, it, it, I, had I not done all the terrible things to my body when I was young, maybe it, it would have happened later in life at 40, 45, 50. But you're on this earth enough, you've experienced enough gravitational force and that downward compression, you're going to lose the space you had between your discs the intervertebral discs. And it's just going to put yourself in a position where there's going to be more chronic pain and more likelihood of something bulging or and or herniating. So what do I mean by anti or low gravity training? So one option is, and I invested in this after the back injury, I got, and I'll drop a link in the episode to this. So you can get it on Amazon. It was 180 bucks. 
maybe the best investment outside of the, the pull-up bar. I guess dollar for dollar, it's maybe I'd say pull-up bar. But the thing is, an inversion table gives you a different type of tractioning, right? Now, one thing I've mentioned in the past too, the best alternative to an inversion table is to hang from a pull-up bar, but then squeeze one of those Dynamax or padded medicine balls between your legs, which actually helps activate your pelvic floor. And then the weight of the ball is going to actually help traction and decompress your hips and your spine. So it's the closest thing to getting an inversion table, but it is different when you hang from your feet. The tractioning is just next level. And again, you can, you can do it for a longer period of time. I, uh, I invert after every one of my walks for about 10 to 15 minutes. And I'll just do some deep box breathing. And uh, if I go a couple days without doing it, I'll, I'll start to feel a little tension in my low back. Not necessarily pain, but just a little bit of tightness. Because again, um, gravity quickly comes back and pushes those discs down and together. So, you know, that that's true anti-gravity work. Now, pool work is also just the next level thing. Like if you use, you go into the pool, right? It's a lower gravity environment. It's compressing, which helps eliminate inflammation in the body, improve circulation, give you more stability, but also fluid resistance. You can just do things like the marches in the water. Amazing. Um, when you do, or deep squatting, you can work on there too. And what's cool about doing that type of stuff in the water because the buoyancy of the water pushes you up. To be able to pull yourself down and hold a deep squat, you actually have to use the antagonists. You actually have to use your shin muscles and your hip flexors to pull you and stay down there. So it's actually great uh, ant, uh, reverse squat training. It, 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 so it just it's going to improve your squat. It's going to train your hip flexors. It gets you out of back pain. And it, it's, it's, there's no stress on your joints. But if you use a flotation device or one, like a big, thick pool noodle that you can uh, wrap around your chest or shoulders and you can do you know, high knee runs uh, and, and a, and while floating and at least, you have, let's say, about three to five feet of water based on how tall you are, that actually tractions your hips and your spine because of the gravitational push downwards. So it's actually a way to get some of that it's not inversion, but it gets the benefits of inversion in the water, and you can actually do some really good training in there too. You know, some I do great cardiovascular work in the water, and you can do a bunch of different exercises using the flotation device. It's so critical for back pain. Uh, a good, I mean, if you want to go deep onto this, a book you can check out. Um, one of like the geniuses with uh, water training. It's called the Berdenko method. I got this on Amazon. Um, and this was specifically for people that like uh, found themselves in wheelchairs or just incredibly debilitating catastrophic spinal injuries. And then the series of just training in water, especially with a flotation device, they could at least train their body, if not find their way back to, uh, to walking with assistance, to walking in general, or just regaining function in full. Uh, the Berdenko method, it's on Amazon, but... The benefits of water training, pool training are just incredible, especially with a flotation device when it comes to the spine. And the range of motions you can take the hip joint through, right, which we talked about, if you can't take that hip through full range flexion, extension, rotation, adduction, meaning bringing the legs together, and abduction, bringing the legs apart, those key actions, 
And if you get in the water and you feel yourself trying to do that stuff and you feel a lot of clicking and tightness in the hips, wow, that means you're wearing, your hips are wearing down and you're going to be really prone to back, lower back pain. But obviously the issue with that is not everybody has pool access. So it's, it's the most impactful, but I put it at number 10 because maybe I've shared it as number one. You might like tune out right away because I don't have a pool. People have a tendency to focus on what they can't do versus what they can do. But I'm just telling you right now, like, um, you, you can really get after it in the water without the wear and tear and you get all these additional benefits too. Now, here's a bonus. I just did recently the top 10 breathing tips. Now, where is your diaphragm? It rests toward the lower right compartment of your abdomen, right by your psoas and your lumbar spine, close to your pelvis. So deep, dedicated belly breathing especially while doing things like planks, bridges, hangs, you're stretching. It'll help mobilize the hips. It'll also help you learn how to stabilize your lower back more when doing resistance training. Because the more air you can surround the spine with, the greater the compression from the air, the greater the stability in the area, the less likely it is to be uh, moved in a bad position. It also will power you for more strength in your workouts, it'll help you learn how to get more air in and out, more energizing oxygen in, more waste CO2, metabolic byproducts out, so you can work harder for longer and recover faster. You got to listen to that episode. Total game changer, that episode. And again, that was, uh, I went from like not being able to breathe at all through my nose, sleep apnea symptoms, can't get full deep restful sleeps to you know, transforming that. And again, that was also for me a three-year journey. Now, it could be three weeks to three months if you don't have like, <laughs> like it just so happens in my life, and this is probably why I'm, I I'm do what I do, is uh, when you have to start from ground zero, and not just ground zero, you have to like break all these bad habits from years and years of repetition the wrong way. It can take typically about three years. And then there's a tipping point and all of a sudden like game changer. But for a lot of people that are just, you know, it's not that big of a deal and they haven't had damage they have to overcome or wear and tear they have to overcome. This is about a three-week to three-month process where you start to see some really positive changes. All right? So be sure to check it out. Now, look, need your help in spreading, this, spreading the word about this podcast. It takes literally a second to do a five-star rating, whether you're in Spotify or iTunes. If you have an extra time, a minute to give a review, so much, so appreciated, Okay? Uh, I'm, I'm really sharing like a lot of great stuff with you and I'm putting a lot of time into this. So it means a lot if you can just take, I gave you an hour of my time, just give me a second of your time and pop me a five star. I, I'd appreciate it. And subscribe to the podcast so you never miss an episode. And by the way, sharing this, that's like the three-star approach or the three-step approach to, to greatness. You know someone that has lower back pain and needs some advice on how to get out of it, send them a link to this podcast. In closing, be sure to check out the Ultimate Push-Up Guide, available as a Kindle or paperback on Amazon. Got a, nothing but five-star reviews so far, which means tomorrow I'll, I'll, or today I'll get my first one-star. <laughs> Someone wants to come after me. Maybe it's the guy that uh, he's listening uh, from the sauna recording early on. He was so upset that I shared his car talk. Be sure to sign up for my newsletter at the dailybj.com or bjgador.com, wherever you want to go. Both options, you can sign up for my newsletter, exclusive content uh, in writing form. And you can check out all my programs at the dailybj.com. I've got 
the 28-day post-holiday shred, drop a dresser pant size, and 28 days, a rapid fat loss training nutrition system, short-term jumpstart program, get back in shape. I've also got three unique three-month transformation programs that feed each other origins to shred to gains. Uh, it was I made those in 2021 during the pandemic, put so much into them. Uh, the feedback on those have just been remarkable. And we also have our current programs, Express, which you can get a seven-day free trial to at thedailybeecher.com, and then my higher-end advanced track, Gorilla Corn Gains. Also, like I talked about too, be sure to check out AG1, my daily nutritional supplement, greens powder, multivitamin, complete. Link in show notes to get five free travel packs and a one-year supply of vitamin D. Or just go to athleticgreens.com slash BJ Hope you enjoyed this, guys. We'll see you soon. Love you. Peace.